welcome back to the Ace and Switch podcast. We discuss all things sports and faith. I'm Ace. And I'm Switch. Today, we have a stacked episode for you. In this week's episode, we'll discuss some reactions from the first deck of the NBA's new in-season tournament and discuss some of the NFL League's biggest games this week. But first, we have to congratulate the Rangers on winning their first World Series. Yep, even though Adelise Garcia was out for the final two games of the series, this offense kept chugging along, and Bruce Bocci continued submitting himself as one of the best managers ever with his fourth World Series ring. Corey Seager also came up clutch as always. A surprising result, and therefore it wasn't surprising the ratings were so low, but still, fans of the Rangers have to be happy. Yep, the Rangers fan base has waited 62 years for this glorious moment. Congrats to them. Okay, let's pivot back to the NBA and discuss the James Harden trade to the Clippers. Harden has yet to suit up for the Clippers so far, but the 76ers finally met common ground with the Clippers, sending out P.J. Tucker and Harden for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, K.J. Martin, two first-round picks, and a pick swap. Swish, what are your thoughts on the trade for the Clippers? Well, as always, when James Harden and we forces his way out of the team and joins a contender in hope of winning a championship ring, I'm kind of interested in seeing how he fits with this roster. Kawhi and Paul George aren't that ball-dominant unlike some of the other stars that Harden has played with, and they're also great defenders, which massively helps Harden play his role as a natural creator and playmaker. When you throw in a toughness guy in Tucker, a big in Zubach, an extra score in Norman Powell, and a pretty good bench, the Clippers might be really interesting. The only issue is that I don't see Harden and Westbrook playing next to each other, but we'll see. The Clippers have good depth and don't sacrifice too much of their defense with this trade, so I'm interested to see if Ty Lue can navigate the Harden experiment because if they can find a way to optimize all of their star players, they might be really good. I'm skeptical, Swish. Harden might be gone in free agency after the Clippers flop again in the playoffs. Now let's converse about the NBA's new in-season tournament. On Friday, the first games were played in each group, and over the next few Fridays, the rest of the group stage will ensue. What are your thoughts on this tournament? Is it a positive or negative addition for the NBA, Swish? I do believe this is a positive addition for the NBA's regular season. November is typically a very mundane month for the league. All the hype stemming from the start of the season is rapidly dissipating. Guys start to get hurt, and teams really don't care about winning games at this point in the regular season since the playoffs are so far off. The end-season tournament adds some juice to the NBA's fall slate and gives teams something to play for, real money, a trip to Las Vegas, and an extra trophy to add to their collection. The end-season tournament is a decent idea to me, sure. It gives my Celtics a chance to reign over the NBA in the middle of the season. However, the in-season tournament courts may be a bit much for me. Some of the courts are not cool. Some of the courts aren't that appealing. Okay, now we have to discuss what the NBA world has been buzzing about. 
Baker Wembanyama, who has shown some insane flashes so far with the Spurs in his first five games. He has been amazing as a rookie, and his latest performance featured 38 and a win against KD, Devin Booker, and the Phoenix Suns. This guy is generational swish. Well, Victor has already racked up his fair share of nicknames for a rookie. Wemby, Vic, the extraterrestrial. And he has already lived up to those nicknames thus far by averaging 20-9 and nine on 50% shooting this season. When watching Wemby, first thing you notice is just the out-of-this-world length and the amount of ground he covers on both ends. This means he can slide into position as a help defender effortlessly, running transition like a gazelle, and be an amazing lob threat who just be guardable when he carves out enough post position in the paint. Combine that with the amazing shooting touch he has for his size, and he's almost unguardable. Now, I did see in the second Phoenix game, Drew Eubanks finished his backup center, knock him off balance a bit while he was trying to post up, and that might be the only tactic NBA defenders can effectively use when Wemby tries to size defenders up, because he does have a tendency to rely overly on his shot, which is still inconsistent at this point. But once he gets stronger, and is able to get the good, efficient shot attempts he wants on each possession, on each post-up, the league is doomed. It sure is. At least he's not in the Eastern Conference for now. Very excited to see what else we see from Wemby this season. Alright, let's quickly recap the NFL trade deadline, which happened over the week. Not much happened, Swish. The normal moves for the 49ers shoring up their defense with Chase Young, the Bears, adding to their pass rush with Montez Sweat, and then signing him to a lucrative extension, the Eagles adding to their secondary with Kevin B.R., the Vikings getting Josh Dubs to get an NFL starting quarterback to fill in for Kirk Cousins, who's out for the season, the Bills also added to their secondary with Russell Douglas. Anyway, let's move on to a very interesting week of football games. This year hasn't been the best for the NFL in terms of high-profile games, but this week might be the best to date. We've got the Dolphins and the Chiefs playing in Germany and going for supremacy over the AFC. We've got the Eagles and the Cowboys matching up for the first time this season in an NFC East clash. And on Sunday Night Football, Breaking news, people. We have a good game on Sunday night. Bills and Bengals, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. What is your pick for Miami and Kansas City, Swish? Kansas City is going to win. I don't trust the Dolphins quite yet. Well, Ace, you didn't have to cite the Bears while you name high-profile games. But moving past that, I got the Chiefs. I'm not going to believe the Dolphins are a really high-level team until I see them beat good teams. Chiefs have some extra motivation coming off a loss where they were embarrassed by Denver, but Patrick Mahomes had the flu, and I think he will be focused heading into this one. Andy Reid our coaches Mike McDaniel in this game, and the Chiefs say not so fast, Tyreek Hill. What about the Eagles and Cowboys? I've got the Cowboys for this matchup. The Eagles have looked suspect all season. I think they can finally get exposed against the Cowboys. Ace, I don't trust the Cowboys, even with a humming offense to effectively capitalize on red zone opportunities, especially since they're playing in Philadelphia. Prescott has been great this season, especially against zone coverage, which the Eagles like to employ, and he has had weapons in C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks helping him. But I believe Eagles defensive coordinator Sean Desai 
will effectively get pressure on him and potentially get an interception out of him in such a hostile environment. You also have to consider that Philly has motivation to tighten up on defense after they allowed 31 against the lowly commanders last week. Now, the Cowboys' defense has been suspect in long runs, which means DeAndre Swift could potentially get some big runs in the open field in this game. However, Jalen Hurst's knee has given me some legit pause on picking the Eagles, and his turnovers might be costly in this game. Michael Parsons may also finally break out and give Hurst problems against the banged-up, not-as-good Eagles offensive line. But, with all that considered, with the acquisition of Kevin Biard and some added juice to the secondary, I think the Eagles can still come away with the win. I don't trust the Cowboys to win unless C.D. Land completely takes over, and I trust that the Eagles are going to find some way to show them down. The Bengals and Bills will be an emotional game after DeMar Hamlin suffered car- the arrest against Cincinnati last year. What's your pick for this game? Ace, I got the Bengals. They seem to have good momentum, and Joe Burrow finally was completely healthy. Both are indicated for them to win this game, especially against a banged-up Bills secondary. I think the Bills will go hard in this game for tomorrow, but Josh Allen won't be able to keep up with a healthy, mobile Joe Burrow. You're wrong, Swish, but all right. Let's wrap up this podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. Make sure to drop a follow on this podcast, or else, peace.